tonight we're going to be talking about living under the influence. Now somebody tell me, what do you think when you hear under the influence? What's the first thing you think? Awesome. Not me, man. First thing I think of is alcohol because that's what we hear so much is somebody's under the influence of alcohol. Um, but you know, we need to be under the influence of the Holy Ghost. And we're going to talk about that tonight. Do you know everybody is under the influence of something? Every day we are under the influence of something. And we're going to talk a little bit about some of those um, influences. But let's go ahead and go to the next slide. Let me tell you what influence is. Influ influence means to have an effect on the condition or development of something or the power to direct the thinking or behavior of others. So influence is really a pretty strong, powerful thing. I mean, to think that, that something can have the power to direct our thinking or behavior, or we could have that power to direct somebody else's behavior or thinking. Influence is a, is a pretty um, strong thing. And like I said, if you think about it, every day we are doing something under the influence of something. If you would have told me, what, 10 years ago that I would be wearing skinny jeans and riding boots, I would have said, never happening. But you know what? Tonight I'm standing here in skinny jeans and riding boots because something influenced me to the point it convinced me that yes, I did want to wear skinny jeans and riding boots. Something is always influencing us. Um, our marriages, something is influencing our marriage. Something is influencing the kind of car we drive, the way we dress, the way we wear our hair, the way we train our children. Something is always influencing us. And we need to think about, um, as parents, I just, let me meddle just a little bit. Um, if you're a parent in here with little kids still at home, you are the greatest influence in your little one's life. And you need to be influencing your children for good. Not just the Word of God, but also to have good manners. I am seeing so much when I go out in public anymore to a restaurant or to the mall, occasionally in church in the entryway there. Um, I see a lot of children nowadays don't have the right influence. I think a lot of them are being influenced by this thing right here, or by the TV, or by movies, or whatever. Parents, you need to be a great influence to your child. You are influencing them one way or the other. You're either being a good influence or a bad influence. You're, you're influencing them. And I just wanted to really say to the, to the parents, um, teach your kids some good influence. Be a good influence on your kids. Teach them. You know, it's time that, um, and this isn't on my notes, but I just had this thought, you know, that it's time that the kids stay in church services when they're in here. Kids don't have to get up and go to the bathroom twice in an hour. I, unless there's a medical problem, which is rarely the case. I see some of the kids in church get up and go out and come back in and go out and come back in. Come on, parents. You teach your kids to sit in church and pay attention. You teach your kids that um, they need to say please and thank you. You need to teach your kids that if um, an older person is in the room, you get up and let them sit down. You open the door for them. You need to teach your kids some manners and be a good influence on them. I'm just seeing kind of a, a, a change that I don't like in a lot of the kids, even Christian kids. And so, um, 
again, that's not really 100% uh, what I was going to talk about tonight, but we do need to teach our kids some manners. Do you know that, um, let me give you an example that I just thought of. If you go to the movie and the theater says no outside food and snacks, mom and daddy better not be packing the M&Ms and the stuff in their purse and taking it to the movies. Because what you're doing is you're influencing your kid to go against the rules and to break the rules. Yeah, you are. Is there a sign up there that says no outside food and drinks? Then what are we doing taking outside food and drinks in there and showing our kids that that's okay? Not okay. Hmm. I won't ask for a show of hands how many of you do it. You know, I, I am so thankful for the way I was raised. Where's my dad? Raise your hand. You all know who my dad is. I'm telling you, to this day, you will not see me walking on somebody's grass. Why? Because that man right there told me when I was a kid, you don't walk on somebody's grass. Somebody has mowed that. Somebody has taken care of that. And if there's a sidewalk, it doesn't matter. The shortcut is across the grass. You take the sidewalk. That's just one of the things. Um, um, if you're out hiking, you never throw rocks off of the edge. You know why? Because there could be somebody hiking down below you and you could hit them. Um, those are just a couple that came to my mind. Um, another thing he taught me, it used to, you know, kind of make me impatient as a kid. My dad was such a good Samaritan. And nowadays I know you have to be a little more cautious about this with some of the craziness going on out there, but my dad never drove down the road and saw somebody broke down that he didn't stop and help. And he taught us kids those kind of things. And so um, I am so thankful for the way I was raised. I just love it when people tell me, you remind me so much of your dad. That's the greatest compliment I can get because that man right there is a the man most like Jesus, I know. And so when I get complimented, you're like, you, you remind me of your dad. You're just like your dad. I'm like, oh. <laughs> That's the greatest compliment somebody could ever give me. So anyway. I love you, Dad, and I am so thankful for the way I was raised. All right, moving on. Um, so someone or something has influenced um, every thought and every action and every decision that we make. So go to the next slide. So there was a leadership training instructor that he does um, training for major companies. And so he said the following. He said the five most powerful influences that determine your future are, number one, what you see and watch, Number two, what you listen to. Number three, what you read. Number four, what you think about. And number five, who you associate with. So go to the next slide. He also said this. Can you read that? It says, show me what you watch on TV, what movies you go to, what you do in private on your computer, the music you listen to, the books you read, what you think about the most, and who your friends are, and I'll tell you your future. That's powerful. That's powerful. So do you remember when you went to school and the teacher would stand up and say, pop quiz? And we all went, ugh. Well, pop quiz. We're going to do a pop quiz. Go to the next one. All right, so here we go. Silently answer these. Do not answer these out loud. What was the last TV show or movie you 
movie or thing you watched on your computer. So just think about what was the last thing, or even in the last 24 hours, what movies did you watch, what did you watch on TV, and what did you do on your computer? And then think about, is that where I want my future to go? Is that really the influence I want and I want to be? Okay, now think about the last music you listened to or program you listened to. All right, answer this one. What book, magazine, or computer, computer article did you last read? What have you been thinking about? And to me, this is a big one, number five. Who do you associate with? What kind of friends do you have? So if these five things determine your future and these are the greatest influences in your life, are you happy with your answers? Are you happy if, those, if you answered those five things in your little pop quiz, are you happy with the answer? Are you happy that that's the direction your life is headed? And if not, you might need to do some tweaking in those five areas of influence. Now, how many of you know, um, you know what? I just saw my offering here. I didn't put mine in there. So when, you're, um, when somebody is under the influence some t of, of, like, say, alcohol, um, anybody ever been under the influence of alcohol? Not a hand. Uh, oh, I saw one. I saw two. All right, all right. Yeah, okay. Um, you know, when you're under the influence of alcohol or you see somebody under the influence of alcohol, sometimes they act a little different than they normally would. I mean, I've been, I've been in the past many, 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 many years ago. I can remember um, being at parties where, you know, you would, the shy people would all of a sudden get all bold and boisterous and all that. Sometimes they'd get in fights because all of a sudden they had this boldness come on. And um, I can even remember one time um, being in a bar with some people and, and this little guy was going up to this big guy and he was going, you know, I won't say exactly what he was saying, but he was basically telling him how ugly his boots were. And of course, he's like, you know, and they got in this fight. And it's like, so alcohol, when you're under the influence of something, sometimes you act a little, a little different than you normally would, right? Just like I said, I would have never dressed like this a few years back. But I was influenced. That influence changed the way I thought about certain clothes. You may not like a certain car. But if you, if you get enough influence, you know, the advertisers, they've got this down. They know that if they put a certain car in front of you long enough, uh, certain outfits in front of you, certain shampoo. I mean, do you know even the shampoo and the soap you buy? You're being influenced to buy what you buy, right? Everything influences us to one degree or the other. So with enough influence of whatever it is, it'll change us. You see it long enough? I thought I'd never, ever wear bell bottoms again. You know what? I now have three pair of bell bottoms. And I actually like wearing them. See, but you know what? I was influenced. I was influenced. We're all influenced by what we see. Um, all right, so um, there's a responsibility that comes into play with influence because we have to realize not only are we being influenced, but the responsibility comes in that we are an influence. People are watching us. People are watching us. I remember um, 
years ago, and some of you were in the church at the time, John was standing up here, and it was at the different building, but he was saying how, he said, yeah, Carla's favorite movie is Jurassic Park. And it was something he was talking about, and he, that, that fit into it. I don't know what it was now. And so the next week, these two ladies came up to me, and they go, I can't believe that you like that movie. After we heard that was your favorite movie, we went and saw that movie. They bite people in half and kill people in that movie. It's got blood and guts and, and all this. And I'm thinking, oh, John, why did you tell them that that was my favorite movie? It, to this day, it's still my all-time favorite movie. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I didn't even realize. But see, by them, just because they knew Miss Carla's favorite movie, it must be this really good, great Christian movie or something. And so they go see it, and they see dinosaurs ripping people's heads off or whatever, you know. And I influenced them. You know, what a responsibility it is to be an influence on someone. Um, and you may say, well, no, 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 you know, it's my life. I can live the way I want, and it's nobody's business. I can see what movies I want, you know. Um, I can watch whatever I want, do whatever I want, dress how I want, and it's nobody's business. Is that so? Is Jesus your Lord? then really, is it all nobody's business? You're still being an influence to those people. Um, what about Jesus is my Lord? Uh, go to the next slide. I got a couple scriptures here. What about John 15? It says, greater love has no man than this, than one lay down his life for a friend. Here's one of my favorites. What about Galatians 2.20? It says, I have been crucified with Christ. And no longer I live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So have you been crucified in Christ? The life you now live, really, you're living it for Christ. He's your Lord. So really, is it all just your business? And is it nobody's business? No, it is people's business. We need to be responsible and be a great influence on other people. Um, one of my favorites, I think I have it up there. Um, yeah, 2 Corinthians. Look at this one. This is an amazing scripture. It says, your very lives are a letter that anyone can read just by looking at you. Christ himself wrote it, not with ink, but with God's living spirit, not chiseled into stone, but carved into human lives. You are an influence. You are an influence. So what you're influenced by, you in turn are influencing other people. You're a book. People are reading you. You ever hear people say that? Oh, I can read them. That's true. People can read you. You are a book being written. People are going to read you. So you and I are influential people. Everybody say it. I'm an influential person. See, we think when we say somebody's an influential person that they're like some big special person. You're an influential person. You influence people every day by um, what you, what you, how you dress, how you talk, how you act. You're influencing other people. Um, 2 Corinthians 6.17, it says to come out from among them and be separate. Do you know we're not supposed to be letting the world's influence, influence cause us to be more like them, but we're supposed to be the ones wanting to influence them to be more like us. 
We need to live our lives under the influence of God's Word and of the Holy Spirit. I put here, we need to live our lives so filled with the Holy Spirit and the Word of God until we are under His influence so that we can influence all the world around us. Live in a way that the Holy Spirit can use us to have an effect on those around us. Matthew 5 says, let your light shine before others. Right? Let your light shine that they will see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. That's being a good influence. So I wrote down just a few reasons here why, it's, why we need to live under the influence of the, Holy, of the Holy Ghost and why we need to be an influence. So go to the next slide. Um, number one, living under the influence of the Holy Ghost is a safe place. Do you know we need to have a safe place these days? And that's in Christ. And that's living under the influence of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost, one of the things that's safe about it is He will make us aware of sin. Do you know, He will convict you when you're about to do something you shouldn't do. And that's a safe place to be. That's a great influence to have in our life, is for Him to tell us, uh, 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 don't do that. You know you shouldn't be doing that, right? Another thing is um, it's a safe place because of the protection. Do you know the Holy Ghost will tell us when there's danger ahead? How many people from 9-11 uh, said that the Lord, they were Christians and they said the Lord told us to um, go a different way to work that day or not go to, that, uh, to work that day. Um, I heard the same thing about that bombing that had happened in um, Boston or wherever it was years ago. People, Christians were saying, we were standing right there on that corner where that happened and something inside said, uh-uh go walk down there a few blocks and, and that's the Holy Ghost telling people He wants to protect us. He wants to help direct our paths. Amen? Amen. So he, we need to listen to Him. He wants to keep us in a safe place. Um, another thing I put on here is it's a place of refreshing. It's a place of peace and joy when we're living under the influence. God wants to give us times of refreshing times of refreshing. Um, Acts 13 up there, it talks about times of refreshing coming from the presence of the Lord. We experience that tonight during praise and worship. Times of refreshing. You know, when people get drunk or they're under the influence of alcohol and they think, oh, they're all free and, you know, problem free and stress free and all that, that's a lie and that's a deception. True freedom True happiness. I had a lady tell me one time, I like it when my husband drinks because that's the only time he'll tell me he loves me and gets romantic. That's a deception. That's a deception. Some other people, women, can't stand it when their husbands drink because he gets mad and beats them up. You know? And um, it's a deception. It's a lie. We need to be filled with the Spirit of God. Ephesians talks about don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. So let's look at a few translations of that. I really like these. Go to the next slide. Ephesians 5.18. It says, um, in the New International Version, boy, that's pretty small. Can you read it out there? Um, at least on that screen, it looks really small. It says, um, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. New Living says, don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. 
Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. I really like the Berean Study Bible. It says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to reckless indiscretion. Anybody say amen to that one? Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Contemporary English says, don't destroy yourself by getting drunk, but let the Spirit fill your life. Good News Translation says, Do not get drunk with wine, which will only ruin you. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. And then the last one says, And don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless actions, but be filled by the Spirit. And I know a lot of Christians don't want to talk about drinking. I am not going to stand up here because I have no scripture to tell you drinking is a sin. So I'm not going to say that. But I will say, the Bible says, if you get drunk, it will ruin you. It'll lead to reckless actions. What, what else was it? Um, it'll lead to debauchery. It'll ruin your life. And it'll lead to reckless indiscretion. That's what getting drunk will do. But you know, when you get filled with the Spirit of God, all your, all your cares can go away. All your, all your problems can be solved. See, it, alcohol is a total um, contradiction, and it's just, it's just a deception. It's just a lie for what the Holy Ghost wants to do in our life. When we're living under the influence of the Holy Ghost, He's our helper. He's our comforter. He's our counselor. He's our all in all. Amen? He's our everything. Um, Another thing that, you can go to the next slide, another thing that living under the influence of the Holy Ghost does is that there's power available to us. Power available to us when we're living under the influence. If we're not living under His influence, we don't have the power we need to overcome a lot of areas and to be a blessing to other people. Uh, go to the next slide. Acts 1.8, it says, we'll, we will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on us. Romans 8 says that the same power that God used to raise Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of us. I mean, you talk about a powerful blessing of being living under the influence of the Holy Ghost. The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. The same power. So, um, John 14, 12, it says that we can do the same works that Jesus did and greater. So somebody tell me something, Jesus, a work Jesus did. What? You can do that too. What else did he do? You can do that too. Right? What else? You can do that too. Anything Jesus did, you can do and greater when we're living under the influence of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Living under the influence of the Holy Ghost. Um, when we live under the influence of the, of the Holy Ghost, we have power to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. We have authority to cast out the devil. We have power to be witnesses to others around us. In our Bible reading, what, a week ago or so, when we were reading about how when they all got filled with the Spirit, what did it lead to? Immediately it led to thousands of people being added to the church. We need to take that serious. When we get filled with the Spirit, we need to be witnesses. That's one of the number one things it says in the Bible. When we're filled with the Spirit, to be witnesses. 
When you're living under the influence of the Holy Ghost, it's easy to go out and witness to people, invite people to church, pray for people, cast out devils. Amen? All things are possible to us when we are under His influence because our faith is empowered when we're living under the influence of the Holy Spirit. You know, if we're living under the influence, a lot of people now in what's going on in our world right now, a lot of people are living under the influence of the news and media. Not a good influence. If you live under that influence, you're going to be thinking this country's falling apart and the world's falling apart and, and there's no hope and that Christians are, you know, going down and e evil and secular humanism is rising up. Uh-uh-uh. If you believe that, you're under the influence of the news media. If you're under the influence of the Holy Ghost, you're going to know our greatest days are now. Our greatest days are ahead. We're going to shine in the darkness. Oh, this is a time for revival. Right? You've got to be under the right influence. Sometimes you have to turn off the news. Turn off talk radio and turn on Christian things and listen to Christian things and get yourself under the influence of what God says is happening in the last days. Right? I'm talking to myself there, man. I, sometimes I just have to turn that news off. I, it starts messing with me, you know? Messes with my love walk. It influences me to get angry and start thinking certain people are our enemy and this and that. No, no, no. Uh-uh. We don't want to be under that influence. So we need to be constantly aware of His presence. We need to be constantly aware of the power that's living on the inside of us. Be constantly ready for that power to manifest through us to other people. And the more we're getting influence of the Holy Ghost, the more that'll be easy to do. We need to be ready to be used by Him in any situation, in any circumstance, any day. I remember when I was working years ago, I was working in uh, surgery at Community Hospital, and I had a friend working in ER, and um, she called me, and she, she called my phone in surgery, and she was crying and said, can you come down here? And I went down there, and they just had a baby come in, um, and I don't remember what had happened, if it had choked or something. Anyway, they, they could not resuscitate it, and this little, this little baby died. And she was just so upset about it. And I looked at her and I said, the next time that happens, you call me and I will come in here and raise it from the dead. And then later I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what did I just say? But you know what? It's because I was so living under the influence of the Holy Ghost at that time that I was ready. And you know what? I'd have done it. And it would have, that baby, if she'd have done it, if she'd have called me sooner, I would have done it. I had a boldness come on me that day. But, you know, then, of course, they were already gone. It was all too late. But I said, next time that ever happens, you call me, and I'll come right down. Put surgery on hold. <laughs> Just hang on a minute. i got to go do, take care of something. No, not that I was doing the surgery. But um, anyway, um, but that's the kind of boldness we will have. We need to be living like that every day. You come upon an accident. I saw somebody uh, a few months ago, I saw a guy get hit. He was on a bicycle and he went and I saw a car hit him and he went rolling on the ground and Rachel was dry. I said, stop. And she stopped and I went running over there and, you know, start praying over him and stuff. And um, it's like, we need to be ready. 
not just to help, but to raise them from the dead if need be. Lay hands on them, put their brains back in if it's fallen out. I mean, you know, we have to be ready to be used. And your head will tilt when I say those things unless you're living under the influence. But it's time that the church rise up and be willing to do these mighty signs and wonders, the greater works. And we can do it if we're under the influence of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I'm running out of time here. Um, so go to the next slide. Here's, um, has anybody in here ever heard the teaching on the seven mountains of influence? I'm not going to do that teaching tonight, but I am just going to go over the seven. Um, this is an amazing teaching. Maybe I'll do it sometime. These are areas that we need to be influencing greatly, but we're not going to be able to influence them if we're not being influenced by the right things ourselves. Um, the first one is religion. You have the truth. And people out there are being lied to and people are living in deception. And we need to be an influence in the area of religion, family, um, education. Education is huge. If, huge. If you are a parent and you have children in the school system, I highly encourage you to get on the board to get involved in your school, to read the curriculum, find out, go to the board meetings or, you know, student, whatever you can go to, um, and get involved in your child's school. I know it takes time. I know it's boring sometimes and it may not be a lot of fun, but as a parent, you better be involved in your child's education and you better be influencing that school when they're picking out curriculum and things and teachers and all that stuff. Because if you see the news, well, they're not putting it on a lot of the news. You're going to have to watch, well, you're going to have to watch either Fox News to tell you some of this stuff, or you're going to have to get on Facebook and you're going to have to um, become friends with Janet Boynes and um, what's the lady's name? Um, oh, oh, I got to think of it. She's a mom and she, um, I'll have to think about it. Anyway, she's constantly putting on there every day. They put on their things that are going on in public schools that parents don't know about because a lot of the teachers and a lot of the school boards are not telling you what curriculum they're picking. But you have a right as a parent to get involved and look at the books they're teaching. Look at the things they're teaching your kids. Find out what the teachers stand for and not. I mean, you need to get involved. You need to be an influence in your kid's school. Activist mommy. That's it. Yes. Activist mommy. If you are a mom in here with little kids and you're on Facebook, find activist mommy. And I'm telling you, she's good. Her husband actually is the author, I believe, of the latest uh, Christian movie that's out. Overcomer. Yeah, I think her husband is the, I say author. He wrote a book or something, and then they made a movie out of it or something. Anyway, activist mommy, find her. Um, you'll actually be appalled at some of the stuff going on. You'll be appalled at it. Um, so be an influence in education. And then we need to be an influence in government. You need to get involved and vote, 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 vote. And if anybody in here feels a calling to be in politics, go for it. Run for office. Run for mayor. Run for city council. Run for president of the United States. Run. Get involved. Do it. We need Christians in our government. We need a greater influence of Christians in our government. And media, oh my goodness. 
Don't get me started on media. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. You know what I think? Now, don't tell anybody I said this. John and I were talking about this the other day. I'm not so sure. Now, I'm not saying this is true. But I'm just wondering if the false prophet or the beast, but maybe the false prophet is the news, is the media, not just news, but is the media. You know, I don't know. It could be. It could be. Think about it. We'll see. No, I don't know. I don't know. But you know, it would make sense. But that's a whole nother, <laughs> that's a whole nother thing. But our media needs great influence. Great influence. Um, arts and entertainment is another area. If you have any callings or gifts or talents in these areas, become an influence. You know, I think that, um, and then in, in business, of course we need Christian business. Um, we gotta do communion here, but you know, let me just say this. I think to a degree, Christians, we've really dropped the ball in some of these areas, these mountains of influence. Because way back, um, years ago, I heard, uh, I heard that when the, the very first radio broadcast, and somebody, maybe history teachers or anybody knows any of this, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the very first radio broadcast, I believe, was a Christian song or something, that that's what radio was actually invented for, was to get the gospel out. And then the same with TV. But you know what? Christians start going, you know, oh, nope, can't watch movies, can't watch TV, can't listen to music, can't listen to all this stuff. You know, we know music originally was to glorify God. And so Christians kind of start dropping the ball and saying, oh, well, we can't do anything like that. That's all worldly. And we just handed all this stuff over to the devil and his crowd. And now who, who, who runs with most of the music and the TV shows and the movie and the media and all that? When that stuff was supposed to be to get the gospel out, well, we need to take it back. We need to take it back in prayer. And then we need to take it back by being an influence in these, in these seven mountains and in these areas. We can do it. We can do it, church. We can do it.